When you do your shopping on Amazon.com, you can get better deals than Woo, Trish, and Cass got at the Survivor Auction and never have to worry about paying $500 just for a rock. So get the best deals on everything you need and help support Survivor podcasts like this when you start your shopping at RobHasWebsite.com slash Amazon. Hey everybody, what's going on? Survivor Kagayan exit interview coming up here on Rob Has a Podcast this morning and we are going to be speaking with the latest person to be blindsided, the 400th person to be blindsided on Survivor Kagayan, a new record. We're going to speak with Jeffra Bland this morning and hear from Jeffra about her thoughts on how she's feeling about everything that happened leading up to her being voted off on the show last night. Very, very good show last night. I was very excited because, again, had the low expectations. I said, okay, Spencer's going to get voted off. This is going to be boring up until we get to Final Four. And then it wasn't. So, again, we say thank God for Tony Vlachos. And we have a very fun show to talk about. And, of course, Stephen Fishback and I broke everything down and talked about where we think the game is going. But, to be honest, we really have no idea. On the Survivor Know-It-Alls, if you missed that last night, it was a very fun episode last night. So much to talk about on the Survivor Know-It-Alls show. Then, in this podcast, first off, before I get to later on in the day, so I'm not just going to have the Survivor exit interview with Jeffra. If you've been following the last couple of weeks on Rob Has a Podcast, I've been speaking with Jordan Kalish from time to time. And last night before the episode, I had a chance to record our latest edition of This Week in Survivor History. So you can listen to that. That is going to be on after this exit interview. So stick around. We've got a little extra bonus Survivor content for you guys here today. While you'll be waiting for our main event today, I am going to have Tyson Apostle, the winner of Survivor Blood vs. Water, back with us to recap an episode here on the podcast for the first time since 2012 it's going to be very very fun and actually that podcast in survivor philippines was sort of like a bonus podcast so really this is going to be the first time that tyson recaps an episode with us since survivor one world which believe it or not i distinctly remember that was the food auction episode in survivor one world so i don't know why for whatever reason tyson and the food auction seem to be very connected on rob as a podcast but we're going to have tyson later on today and that should be a lot of fun i'm really looking forward to that but first let's get into what we came here to do this morning. Let's talk with Jeffra. I see that she's on the line. Jeffra, are you there? What's going on? Oh, Jeffra. Well, first off, I have to say we're very sad to see you go home, but boy, what a season this has turned out to be of Survivor Kagiyan. You know, I think that the newbies have really impressed everyone. Everybody from the beginning was kind of worried that there were no returning players um, and didn't know if the new contestants could really bring the heat or not. So so I, I'm kind of proud of our season so far. I'm very proud of you guys, and you guys have had a lot of entertainment for us to talk about this season. So, th- so thank you, and unfortunately, it was you that had to be <laughs> served up as that entertainment last night. But let, let's talk about everything that ended up happening. And I want to know for you, do you feel like it was a bigger mistake to not vote out Tony last week? Or do you feel like the bigger mistake was to tell those guys last week that you would vote out Tony? Oh, gosh. 
gosh, those are both huge mistakes. So um, I don't know the bigger of the two. The thing about not voting out Tony, looking back now, obviously only finishing seventh, I wonder, you know, what would have happened if I would have flipped. Um, but at the time, I thought I was making the right mistake because Spencer and them could not guarantee me numbers, Rob. And I, I wasn't comfortable flipping um, at 4-4. And when we left the barbecue, I told them, I said, I was pretty certain that I could get Cass or Trish to flip with me because Trish and I were really close. And um, when I went back after sitting around camp for the day, Tony had filled them all with smoke. You know, I definitely I realized that they were back on Team Tony and they weren't flipping at all. And I couldn't go with Spencer and Jeremiah without getting someone to flip with me or then obviously we would have been drawing rocks. And, you know, I actually found a um, clue at the reward and I spent a lot of time looking for it with Tasha. And Spencer even followed us around looking for it and never once mentioned that he had the idol. And maybe if he had had the idol and told, or had the idol and told me he had the idol and that he was willing to play it for me, if it, if it had come to that to avoid, you know, drawing rocks or whatever, I would have been a little bit more um, lenient towards going that way. But, I mean, he looked for the idol with me and never one time told me he had it. So... I don't know. All right. A lot of interesting stuff to unpack there. And and I I agree that I think you made the right decision to not vote out Tony at the last tribal council because that would have been a 4-4 tie and that would have been uh, no no sure thing. I think the bigger problem was probably telling those guys that you were going to be on board with that plan and then they were able, Spencer was able to tell that to Tony this week and get him paranoid. But very interesting about the immunity idol clue that you would get, you got, so you got a clue to the idol that Spencer already found. Yes. And how did you find that clue? Um, it was in the cookies. Ooh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, but Spencer didn't let us know that he had found it. So I spent hours looking for it, and I think it kind of would have re reaffirmed that they were really with me. I mean, basically, Rob, if you look at it, I was trading number four on Tony's side for number four on Spencer's side. I was at the bottom either way once LJ was voted out. So it's just like, which bottom do you trust more, so to speak? No, I get it. I don't think you made the wrong decision to stick with your alliance last week because they were there was no sure thing to go over and, and flip with them. So last week, just going back to that Tony thing, how close were you to going along with that vote? Was it were you really, really close to it, or then you, as soon as you got back to camp, you had second thoughts? No, I was very, very close to it, and um, I was close to it. I was, all I needed to do was was pull Cass or Trish in, and I spent the whole afternoon really trying to do that. And um, I actually sat down on the beach with Cass for a while, and we had a conversation about it, and she just kept saying, I think it's stupid to flip right now, you know, without really, um, with it just being 4-4, four, four and, and you can't flip. And, and they really all tried to pull me in, but I think they could see how mad I was at Tony. When I got back from the LJ vote, the LJ blindside at camp, Tony, myself, and Wu had, like, World War Three. And everybody knew that I did not feel safe and that I knew I was on the bottom. And, and I was kind of like the loose cannon at that point. So assuming that the plan to vote out Spencer last night did work, what was your plan going forward? So you would have gotten to six. It would have been the basically the five and then Tasha. What was your plan going forward from there? 
Sure. My plan going forward, obviously, would be get Tony out and also um, Ben Spence and Tasha. I was hoping to go to the final three with either Kath and Trish or maybe Trish and Wu, someone that I didn't feel necessarily had a big um, pitch to the jury or maybe even Kath and Wu, someone that I felt like I could really beat in the finals. Um that, that was kind of the route that I was going. Obviously, Tony, having so many idols right now, there's really no way of getting him out at this point. And he knew that, and that's why he shows everyone his idols, you know? So so going to next week's episode, there would have been six people left in the game. Who would have been voted out next had Spencer been voted out this week? Uh, had Tosh not won immunity, probably Tosh. And then at five, what would you guys have done? At five, we would have just started killing each other, <laughs> um, which which was already happening way before five. Um, I would have I would have obviously wanted Tony to go next, but with this special idol, seems like that's going to be impossible. So, how much was the women's alliance a real thing, and how much of it was just a complete fiction that was sort of planted in Tony's brain by Tasha and Spencer? Yeah, there was no women's alliance at all, Rob. Um, Trish did approach us. We weren't actually even in the water where they showed last night. Um, we were at the pond, which is another a little body of water on the island. And we were all in the pond. Um, and Trish said, hey, what about an all... I mean, Tosh, I apologize, said, hey, what about an all-girl alliance? The, the three of us, the three of you all and myself to take out the guys. And none of us jumped on it. We, we shut her down immediately um, just to keep... Tony's paranoia calm. Little did we know that Spencer was on the other side playing along with Tasha's strategy as well. Um, and, and we didn't really even hear her out for the sake of we were trying not to make Tony paranoid or not to make Tony snap. And um, it backfired. Did you guys have any sense that when you all the women were in the water that he was getting upset? Because it seemed like the whole episode... It, from what we saw last night, you guys were just constantly the four of you guys in the water while Tony is just fuming, walking around looking for idols and collecting firewood. Yeah, um, like we knew his paranoia was running thick, but that's Tony every day out there. <laughs> you know, you're trying to sleep at night and he's breaking sticks and making the fire and he actually burnt down our entire fire hut at one point. And, that happens. you know, you're you're trying to just like have a conversation about the game and Tony's like spying on you through the bushes or following you to the well. And like, so that day um, we all went back from the auction and we had full canteens of water because because we would always fill our canteens before we went like to a challenge to make sure that, you know, everybody had water for the challenge and water when we got back. But obviously we didn't, you know, we, we had water, we had everything that we needed. And so for Tony to be like freaking out, we just thought, Oh, it's just typical Tony, you know, that there's just his everyday routine of, of panic and, and overplay the game. Jeffrey, I'm really interested to know when you guys are out there at this point in the game with, you know, between it's you and Trish and Cass, when you guys are talking about Tony, are you guys saying, look, we need to get rid of Tony because if he gets to the end, everybody's going to really, really respect what he's done in the game. Or are you guys saying we need to keep Tony around because if we get to the end with him, he's made so many enemies, he's going to be such an easy guy to beat? Um... Uh, both, you know, Rob, and, and it kept going back and forth. I think that was a lot of our problem. One day we felt like 
you know, everybody hates him. He's pissed off everybody. And, he, you know, the jury's going to be so bitter. You know, we want to go with him. And then the next day, you know, he'd do something stupid. And, and I'm like, no, I don't want to sit with him because everybody's going to respect, you know, him blindsiding everyone. So, so it was kind of both ends of the spectrum on that. Okay. So I watched your Ponderosa video this morning and it seemed as though LJ was disappointed in you when you got back to Ponderosa. Is that the case? And if so, why was he disappointed? Um, I think he was just disappointed in the fact that I didn't take the risk to draw the rocks. He feels like that would have been a better move for me to have flipped, tried to blindside Tony, who had an idol in his pocket, so it wouldn't have worked anyway. But um, he feels like I should have tried to, that the girl should have, I should have either flipped and we should have drawn rocks, or um, the girl should have stuck together to take him out. But, but like I said, LJ doesn't know about all of the idols, so... Now, Jeffrey, this season, we've had sort of a hard time pinpointing exactly what some of your strategies were during the game. And I've said at times during my show that I thought that you were probably more of a follower with people like LJ and then maybe Trish after LJ went home. Is that fair to say or am I completely wrong on this? Um, I, I don't think that's fair to say, Rob. I did definitely try to play a social game. I'm not a huge physical threat, but I did try to play um, play to the jury, so to speak, that, you know, I hadn't really made a lot of people mad. So hopefully if I found myself sitting in the final three, you know, that, that I would get the nice guy vote, so to speak. But, um, but it started all the way back from the beauty, the beauty tribe. You know, Alexis and I were tight from the very beginning, strategizing, um, and to, to take out Bryce because we knew he was way too big of a threat to keep around all the way um, to the merge or even to the end um, for, for the social aspect of it. And then um, once Solana happened, LJ and I, you know, we kind of maybe rustled some feathers to get the Lindsay Trish thing going to kind of take the turn off of us, so to speak, because we knew that we were on the bottom. Same thing when the merge happened um, and we went to get cast a flip. You know, it was edited that that was all Trish. And I will give Trish credit for some of it, but um, what you did not see, I was right there with Trish and I actually had a conversation with Cass previously that morning. I overheard a little bit of drama between her and Sarah and I went back and told Cass everything. I went back and told Sarah everything that Cass had said. So that caused Sarah to go and totally react um, on Cass, like, what do you mean you said this, blah, 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 to get Cass to flip with us. Kind of like what Spencer was doing last night. You know, I was behind every bit of that between Sarah and and Cass. And then Trish just went in for the final kill right before we left for Tribal and was like, hey, we've got your back. Come on over, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, there were two or three different things along the way like that. I mean, I wouldn't say that I was like the Tony of the game by any means, but I definitely wasn't out there floating through the days, you know, like some of the other girls and just, and and not doing anything at all. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Well, we were talking about the clue, you know, and and we, everybody did look for idols like the whole time, Rob, like we tore the jungle up looking for idols. And I know that, you know, not everybody gets to see that, but, but that's a big part of it too. So yeah, only a 42 minute show with a, when you take out the commercial. So uh, tough to get everything in there. So I want to know, speaking of something else that wasn't in the show. Now, we 
we saw from your bio from even before the season started that you were actually a, a cancer survivor, but that was something that never came up on the show. Was that something that you didn't tell the other players in the game or was it something that just never made the edit? Um, it just never really made the edit. I mean, it's not something that I necessarily like feel sorry for myself about or anything. It's it's a part of my story. It's a part of who I am, but I don't let it define me in any way. So it's not like I was just sitting around every day, you know, blabbing about it. It, it was mentioned a time or two. You know, Alexis and I had talked about it, I think, and Trish and the girls and I kind of had shared it. Um, but it wasn't something that I was just like, you know, sitting around making everybody feel sorry for me about because that's not the way that I look at it at all. Um, and, and I was there to play the game, not necessarily worry about my personal issues. And, and it never really made the edit. It was in my pre-show like show stuff that was on like CBS.com and, and that kind of thing, but it, it wasn't actually on the show, which is, I was okay with. Okay, real quick, that it probably got about a minute left to go. I saw from your videos last night that you are such a big Survivor fan and your mom is such a big Survivor fan. Uh, what did that mean to you to get on the show? Yeah, it was absolutely awesome. It kind of went full circle for us. My mom had auditioned um, several years ago um, for season two. She made it um, pretty far along the way, like all the way to the top 800, and then she was cut. And um, she, it was, it's really cool because we watch every week together. We watch um, on Wednesday nights with all of my family. It's kind of like our family thing. And to be able to, for it to come full circle, although mom never got the chance to compete, um, I it was great that I got to do it for our family. And that's another reason of why the blind side with Tony was so, um, was kind of harder because all of our families meant a lot to us. And that's kind of what um, Trish, Wu, myself, and Tony had promised each other that we would stick together to get to the family visit. And right before we went to tribal council, you know, Tony and them, they're like, we're going to see our families. We're going to see our families. Everyone stick to the alliance. You know, we're going to get our families out here. It was a goal of mine for my mom to get to come out the show that she loves so much so then when they blindsided me it hurt that much more knowing that that he had just told me you know right before tribal that that my mom was on the way (laughs) and real quick jeffra have you considered building on your success as miss kentucky teen usa and moving on to one day become miss survivor 2015 love to be able to be in the running for Miss Survivor 2015. I see all of the cool stuff that um, Andrew and everybody post. Looks like a lot of fun. <laughs> all right. Well, I think you're in the mix. I think you're in the mix. So uh, good luck. Congratulations on everything and uh, looking forward to seeing you at the finale in a couple of weeks. Sure. Great talking to you, Rob. All right. Take care, Jeff. For all the best. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, everybody, there you have it. That was Jeffra Bland in her Survivor Kagiyan exit interview. And I thought Jeffra did a very nice job here today on Rob Has a Podcast and another intriguing name to add to the field for Miss Survivor 2015. Should be a lot of fun uh, next January. Now, Jeffra mentioned that her mom was a big Survivor fan and it would have been nice for her mom to make it out for a family visit. And everybody wants to try to do something nice for their mom this month because Mother's Day is right around the corner. And the nicest thing that you can do for your mom for Mother's Day, besides get her to a family visit on Survivor, is sending some flowers. And I'm very excited to tell you about our new flower partner for Rob Has a Podcast, which is The Books, which is the B-O-U-Q-S, like bouquets, but they made it shorter because... 
let's face it, we've all gone online to go and buy some flowers, and it's always like you put something in your cart, and it's like nineteen ninety five, and then you get to the checkout, and then by the time you're done, you're spending eighty dollars, which which you could spend eighty dollars and get popcorn and candy at the Survivor auction for that much money. So what they could do at the books dot com is they've got a flat rate for flowers which is an affordable just forty dollars which if you're going to spend forty dollars on your mom would you rather get her ribs and beer and now those are very succulent and juicy ribs but really let's face it it's mother's day your mom would rather have flowers so when you go ahead and you order from the books.com it's flat rate shipping and free shipping and everything like that so the geniuses at thebooks.com have a whole new way to send flowers because they took bouquets and simplified them. Thebooks.com sends flowers straight from sustainable farms located on a volcano in South America. So you can send your mom flowers that were from a volcano in South America, which is much classier than any other way to send flowers for a flat rate of just $40 that includes free delivery. So your loved one gets beautiful flowers and you save the cash. So for Mother's Day, Go to thebooks.com for a special 20% off with the promo code ROB. That's at thebooks.com. That's T-H-E-B-O-U-Q-S.com. And click on the shop button at the top of the page and send some special flowers for mom. So order today with the promo code ROB to save an additional 20% off flowers from a freaking volcano for mom. And if you're driving or something right now and you can't remember all that, you can always click on the special offers link at the top of robhasawebsite.com. I'm putting all of the offers that we get where you could save some money from any of our sponsors and partners. You could do that anytime on robhasawebsite.com slash offers or click the special offers link at the top of the page. And now we're going to do something a little bit different. Typically, we just give you an exit interview and leave it at that. But you guys are the best audience in the entire world. And you guys deserve more. And God knows we're going to give you more when we have like a 15-hour podcast with Tyson later today. But because we, I'm anticipating a long chat with Tyson later on today, I don't think we're going to have time to fit in another huge week in Survivor history. So I decided to bring in Jordan Kalish here now. And so here he is, Jordan Kalish. Welcome back to Rob as a Podcast. Thank you, Rob. I'm happy to be back. Okay. And this is not Spencer. No, I am not Spencer. Okay, good. Good. All right. So, Jordan, tell us, uh, first off, how are you doing? I'm I'm doing well. Uh, I'm very uh, very happy with the way uh, Survivor has been going this season. It's been an exciting season, and I have a lot of very exciting moments to talk about with you today. All right. So tell us, Jordan, what moments from this week in Survivor history were so huge? This is huge. I needed this. All right, I needed this. Okay, go ahead. Yes. So for the first moment that I want to talk about today, this is Survivor Australia, uh, May 3rd, 2001. And of all the uh, the seasons I've actually been writing about so far, this is the first uh, finale episode that I've come across. Um, So just uh, an important point, this uh, episode actually started on day 40, uh, which is the first and only day 40 in the history of Survivor, unless you count day zero uh, from Survivor Blood (laughs) versus Water, which I don't. Uh, This was actually a 42-day season instead of a 39-day season, which um, I guess uh, they decided it was too long and went back to the normal 39 days by uh, by Africa. Um, so here is the episode in which Tina won Survivor Australia. 
And there was uh, a lot of talk this season about a decision that Colby Donaldson made um, where he actually he won the final immunity challenge. And this is back in the days of final two, where if you win the final immunity, you get to choose who goes to the end of the game with you. So he chose his friend Tina instead of Keith, who people on the jury did not like. Keith would have had no chance to win the game, but he took Tina. He felt it was the right thing to do. And he paid dearly for it because he lost to her four to three in the jury votes. Now, I vividly remember where I was for this. I was at a conference in Chicago. This was when I was still working at the insurance company. And I was sort of like, you know, it was a big deal that I got to go on a trip with my boss to go to Chicago to go to this um, convention that he took me to for insurance companies. And so it was like a very prestigious thing that I got. I was just out of college, but oh, how come, how come the boss is taking Rob on the conference? But I was like panicked because it was the Survivor Australia finale. <laughs> and so it was like the night of the conference and everybody's trying to like schmooze like, uh, you know, people from the, uh, the type of agencies that I worked at and like there were people from the insurance companies that like wanted to take my boss to a strip club and and they were so they were going they're like oh Rob do you want to come and I'm like oh no I'm going to stay at the hotel bar and uh, try to see if they are going to put Survivor on and so I could watch the Survivor Australia finale and and I was pretty much alone like there weren't a lot of other people super into it like I was I thought oh there'll be like there'll be women at the bar watching Survivor finale and that was not the case uh, and and this is the days where the show was so popular yeah. that they probably would be playing it at a bar but I guess it wasn't so popular that the uh, all the hot uh, Survivor women fans would be at the bar with you unfortunately no um, no <laughs> it's unfortunately not not a lot of you know good looking women at the insurance conference wanting to watch Survivor on, on the Thursday night mm, that's uh, that's uh, too bad Rob. Um, this was a very – and if they were there, they would have realized how big of a mistake Colby made because even in the final – I don't know if he would have beaten Tina. Um, a lot of the jurors, when they give when they gave their uh, voting confessionals, said that you know Tina just paid, played a better strategic game and Colby was just there because he was good at the challenges, which is it's, uh, probably true. He, he won like uh, between immunity and reward. I think it was like eight individual challenges. Um but there was one question that uh, that Jerry asked where she wanted the final two to apologize to somebody. And Colby had blindsided Jerry. They had a close relationship that Jerry actually looked at um, as kind of a relationship. And Colby decided in Jerry's question not to apologize to Jerry. And we don't know who she would have voted for. But there is a good chance that that really was the reason why uh, Tina won the game. Uh, possible. That's possible. Can't believe 13 years ago that was. Yes, this is a very long time ago, and uh, I, I don't know if uh, I, I mean who know, who knows who, who Jerry would have voted. I, I think that Tina is a superior Survivor player, um, and I think she's proven that when you look at her. Well, not not her All Stars run, but maybe her uh, her Blood versus Water, where she showed um, definitely better strategic acumen than Colby did in either of his returns. Jordan, could you believe that if Survivor Australia was a baby, that this month we'd be bar mitzvahing it? I. I cannot believe that, but uh, you you are right. We would, would be getting out uh, the Torah. We'd be getting out. We'd, we'd be um, we'd be at the party right now, dancing and uh, and drinking. Uh, who should we put in the chair? 
Um, I think you put Tina in the chair. You got to put the winner, right? <laughs> put the winner. Put the winner in the chair. Um, yeah. I have to also say I don't think that this the Colby thing was you know this huge mistake. I, I think that Colby knew what was going on. I think he thought he had a, a decent chance to beat Tina, but I think that a lot of the people on Survivor Australia were very aware of that they were going to be famous after this, whereas the people on the first Survivor had, like had no idea that they were going to be like rock stars after it was over. That mm. the people that played in Survivor Australia, I think, were very aware Survivor was the biggest thing on television. I think Colby had designs on being a movie star and being like a, a like a likable hero after the whole thing was over. And I think he really felt like if I don't take Tina to the end, people won't like me. I won't have as many opportunities in Hollywood. And I so I felt like it was a calculated move on his part to not take Keith. Like I don't think it's a blunder. Like, I think some people talk about it. And you know what? It paid off. He was a minor character in Red Eye. Right. And then he, he hosted a Top Shot. So I, I guess he was on Curb Enthusiasm. Off, right? Yes, he was the survivor. Yeah, that's right. He's the survivor. <laughs> All right. What else happened on this week in Survivor history? Okay, so now we go to May 2nd, 2002. This is uh, Survivor Marquesas, two seasons after uh, Australia. Okay. 12 um, years ago. Yes. So in in the, my blog last week, I actually was talking a little bit about reward challenge ed- etiquette. And the reason I was talking about this um, was, you know, when, when you go on challenges, f- first of all, you don't want to come back and talk about how great the reward was and how great all the food was. So uh, Nalia, who was actually the second place finisher on this season, was uh, chosen to go on a reward with her friend uh, Judge Paschal. And she came back and Pascal was kind of, you know, he, he was, uh, you know, being quiet about it. But she comes back and she's literally giving them a detailed account of every single dish that was offered on this, this like the yacht that they went on. And that was bad enough. But then they asked her if uh, they asked her and Pascal if they uh, if they brought food back for them because I think the previous week somebody else had gotten a, uh, a reward and they brought food back. They said they weren't allowed to bring food back, but Malia takes a chewed mint out of her pocket and offers it to her very hungry tribe and and says, "Oh, it's a really good it's a really good mint. Um, I, I hope you uh, I hope you guys will like it." And they're like, "Are you serious?" Yeah, I saw Nalia at the reality rally uh, a couple of weeks ago and she was still still a lot of fun uh she did not try to offer me a mint but Mm -hmm. i definitely uh remember that moment and i remember when i went to the survivor amazon finale a year later i was very pumped up when uh pascal and and nalia were there did she say oh my heck when you you (laughs) i don't i don't probably Uh, probably and she she ran with the team in terninos right she did she did yes and how did they do I, I, you know what? I don't know off the top, off the top of my head, but pro- probably very well. Great. I, that's what I, I bet they did too. Okay. What else happened this week? That has to be it, right? Not that, um, how many things could happen in one week? Uh, there's another thing, and this is actually a season that, uh, that you were on. This is uh, survivor Amazon May 1st, 2003. And you talk about this move a lot, actually, when we talk about getting rid of the swing vote, oh. because this is the, this is the move. This is, uh, the th- actually the third week in a row where you were really involved in a pretty major blindside where you got rid of Christy because you were trying to get her to vote out, out either Jenna or Heidi, Jenna and Heidi were trying to get Christy back on their side. And she was kind of being like Sarah on this season, uh, saying, Oh, I'm the, I'm the swing vote. I have all this power. And then you went back to Jenna and Heidi and was like, look, she's causing a lot of, uh, a lot of trouble. Let's get Christy out of the game. And, and that's what happened. 
And a little side note on that, that May 1st, 2003, the night that that aired, is also Nicole and my official dating anniversary. So oh, happy anniversary. Uh, the, you know what? There's, there's only, you know, a few things in life that really set the mood for a relationship than blindsiding a deaf girl on national TV. <laughs> That's once once a woman sees you do that, then basically she's just putty in your hands. Mm-hmm. So did you watch Survivor on the date? I mean, it wasn't a you know, it's like in the process of dating. Then after like it's a very inorganic thing. It's sort of like after you're sort of with somebody, then you sort of have to say, so what is our anniversary? And it's like, is it this day? Is it this day? Is it this day? And then and that just turned out to be the day it was agreed upon. It wasn't <laughs> like on that day I said, will you be my girlfriend? And she said, yes. It was sort of like we realized we were boyfriend and girlfriend. And that was the official <laughs> start of for something about that night. Uh, and I mean, you were, this was, this was after the merge. So obviously she saw that you were dateable and, um, the rest, uh, you know, the rest is history. In my mind, I think it was that she said, I think this guy has a real chance to win that million. Okay. Oh yeah. That's, uh, that can, that also could definitely be it. That's, uh, it's pretty attractive, I guess. Um, in this, the beginning of this episode, actually, Jenna and Heidi, they were pretty mad at you for uh, voting out Alex, right? Sure. Yeah. Yes. And and there was a scene where you were trying to get Jenna kind of back on your side where you were offering her a final two deal. And then didn't she go back to camp and kind of rat rat you out? <laughs> that did that happened, sure. Yes. So um how were you able to uh to defuse that situation? Well, what had ha- what had happened was and I talk about this a lot in the uh Survivor Amazon commentary that we did about a year and change ago, uh, which you can you can if you want to check that out, it's on the bottom of the Robs of Podcast homepage. So basically, the the short story of that was we had the family visit in that episode as well. We were down to the final six, and we got like a bunch of wine, and everybody had like fun and was drinking and whatever. And, you know, everybody was like, oh, Matthew, you're so great because he won the challenge and he gave everybody the family visit. And I was like, oh, really? You know, everybody thinks Matthew is so great. We got to get rid of Matthew. Can't go to the end with him anymore. And so um, I came up with this idea. But I was like, well, nobody likes Jenna and Heidi. So um, I'm kind of more afraid of Heidi beating me in the end. But I don't think anybody is going to vote for Jenna. So let mm-hmm. me go ahead. And, and I came up with an idea where I was going to take Jenna to the final two. And so my thought, my thought was, okay, I was going to take, I was going to vote out Heidi next. Okay. And then f- let me see if I can remember this crazy plan. And I was like, we're kind of like hung over and maybe not functioning on all cylinders, but I was very excited about this plan. I thought of. I was going to vote out Heidi next. And then at final five, I was going to get with Christy and Jenna and vote out uh, Matt and Butch. And then I was going to go to the final three with Christy and Jenna. And then I felt that Jenna and Christy hated each other. And so both Hmm. of them would want to go to the end with me. And I felt like this was a a great plan. Um, And so I I went to Jenna. I was like, hey, Jenna, guess what? Instead of getting voted out next, I've got a plan. Me and you are going to go to the final two. And Hmm. she's like, I don't believe you. Okay, well... You don't really have a choice here. You know, this is, you could go with me, like, where Heidi's getting voted out next, but if you work with me, I got a way for you to get to the end. 
And so then, and then she like totally like blew up the spot, which was like, I was really going to take her to the final two. Now I didn't know. Of course she goes on and wins two immunity challenges on her own, but mm-hmm. you know, she should have, she should have lost at final four. And yeah. she, that was a, uh, that was a silly move to uh, say no to me. Instead, that she wins two challenges, she goes on, she wins the game, and the rest is history, and Survivor is a very silly game. But, you know, it's some, mm-hmm. if you're the next person to get voted out and somebody says to you, uh, do you want to go to the final two? The answer is yes. Yes, I want to go to the final two with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that seems like a Survivor 101 right there. So, whatever. That's what happened tw- uh, 12 years ago. It was longer for me. Longer, longer ago for me. Mm-hmm. That happened on this week in the first week of December in 2002 for me. But for you guys, it happened uh, 12 years ago. Yeah, I feel, I feel like if we were doing this week and when the Survivor uh, episode was actually filmed, that would get really, really confusing for uh, whoever was either reading my blog or listening to this podcast. Yeah, sure. Okay, keep keep going. Okay, so we have More uh, now... Five, five years later, May 1st, 2008, uh, this is Fans versus Favorites. Well, the first thing that actually was interesting about this episode is that uh, James Clement was uh, medevaced, um, and he has a history of injuries on Survivor, so he was uh, he was taken out of the game by an injury. But what I really want to talk about about this episode was the fact that Amanda Kimmel was going to get voted out, and she went to tribal council, and she gave this, uh, this really, like, you know, she just seemed like she she was a sitting duck. She was going home. Uh, some of the fans like uh, Eric and Alexis and Natalie were voting for her. Sari, who she had been aligned, who, you know, she continued to be aligned with after this. Uh, she was voting for her. Parvati was the only one that was voting with her. And Amanda had actually been sent to uh, to Exile Island earlier in the episode. And there was a clue to a hidden immunity idol that was located on their beach. So they actually didn't do this on camera. The, uh, the audience wasn't sure if she had found the idol or not. And I, I, I really liked the fact that they did this because usually it's it's uh you know who has the idol so you it's either are they going to play it or they are they not going to play it but if they don't show us who found the idol how will we hear things like this this is huge (laughs) i needed this huh i'm not saying they should do it all the time with tony with tony you have to always find out that he has the idol but what about this oh oh my god wow I love you so much, man. <laughs> How will you Some- hear, I love you so much, man, if you don't show us <laughs> finding the idol? Again, with with Tony, you have to show it. But something tells me that Amanda's not giving us sound bites like that when she finds an idol. Yeah. So, but she she did find it. We didn't. We were kind of fifty fifty as the audience. Uh, is does she have the idol or not? Uh, she plays it. She gives like an Academy Award winning performance at Tribal Council, like in Blue Crush Two. I don't get the reference. <laughs> Okay, go go ahead. Okay, um, so she gives uh, she gives this great performance, like she's going home. She even fools the jury, I think. And uh, Eliza, you know, Eliza's on the jury, and so her facial expressions are obviously great. And Alexis goes home. Um, so I really think they should do this more, maybe not all the time, but once in a while, it would be cool to see some random person pull out an idol when you think that this person's definitely going home. Okay, that's fun. Mm-hmm. All right, what else happened this week in Survivor history? This is uh, this is April 29th, 2010, Heroes versus Villains, and this involves two people that we've already spoken about, Amanda and Colby, and it also involves Danielle. Ooh. 
Yeah, Danielle DiLorenzo. So this is, of course, uh, the reward challenge on Heroes versus Villains in which uh, they're all watching a movie in the bed. Um, Amanda sees that there is a idol clue. Danielle comes. Well, actually, Danielle sees the clue first, I believe, and she she gets the clue. Amanda's grabbing it. They're really fighting over Colby. Colby's just try, lying there trying to watch the movie. And finally, Colby's like, you know, we're settling this. Uh, Danielle had the clue first. Amanda gave it to Danielle, which was really stupid for Colby because he had an alliance with Amanda and the heroes were just getting picked off one by one uh, past the merge. Okay. So we actually had a scene that we talked about a couple weeks ago where sure. uh, Colby was on a reward challenge with Jerry and Colby, uh, same thing. Jerry was trying to talk strategy and Colby just wanted to sit on the chair. He wanted to snorkel. He wanted to look <laughs> at the water. Colby does not like being bothered on reward challenges. And guess what? The two people that bothered him, Amanda and uh, Jerry were both voted out that episode. So that's a, a key. If you ever go on Survivor with Colby and you're on a reward challenge with him, do not try to talk strategy. Do not try to do anything because you will get voted out. This is like this week in Colby and this week in Amanda. Yes. I mean, normally it's uh, it's Boston Rob, but this week, yes, those two are having uh, having huge weeks. Such a light week for Boston Rob so far. <laughs> Oh, uh, he's uh, he's coming out. No, okay, we can't, Actually, be, we can't talk this week in Survivor history and not have Boston. Can I just say one one more thing about uh, Danielle DiLorenzo? Um, yes. I, I follow her on on Instagram, which is very good. Um, mm-hmm. She looks to me, and I have not seen her uh, recently. She looks very different to me. I feel like uh, she may have had a lot of work done on uh, the Danielle DiLorenzo. More, more work done? Yeah, that uh, like uh, like. Um, I, I don't know. Like, could tell me if I'm being crazy on on this. If anybody, if anybody follows the Danielle DiLorenzo, like, uh, she looks a lot different to me. But I, I got, you know what? I gotta start following her. On Instagram. I might need a before a side by side before and after picture of uh, of Danielle DiLorenzo. So is this after the movie? After 180? After post 180? Yes. <laughs> so she's done a 180. She's done. A, she's done a 180. Yeah, and mm. she's like in Thailand or something. Bangkok got her. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. All right, uh, let's keep going. What more history? So here, here is Redemption Island. And actually, you know what? This Redemption Island doesn't really revolve around uh, Boston Rob all that much. Um, the, uh, the, really, the real thing that I wanted to talk about from this episode, it started, and this is April 27, 2011. Um, Julie had gotten voted out the previous episode. But before she got voted out, she hid Philip's very famous pink underwear. And luckily, Philip had some help out there on the island because he needs you're not he's not Philip without the pink underwear. So his great great grandfather, Jessam Herring, who uh, may or may not have been the specialist of the Native Americans, um, he he told Philip he told Philip where where his underwear were hidden. Philip goes around and yeah, I forgot about yes, this. I forgot. And he finds the underwear. Yes, um, boy. Uh, all right, sure, we'll go with that. That uh, yeah, so, so Phillips, Phillips, great great grandfather, uh, pointed him to where uh, the underwear was. Yes, um, and I don't know. I'm just speculating here. It, maybe he has a little bit of confusion between his great great grandfather and a member of the production staff. <laughs> but who, but who knows? Yeah. Um, 
And this this episode, so yeah, that was uh, not really a strategic moment, just a great, great scene from that season, which was had, had some boring moments. And what I actually like that they did in this episode as well, and this is where uh, Boston Rom Cup comes into play, um, Ralph and Steve were the only two Zapateras left, and at actually before Tribal Council, they were given a um, uh, mystery package. So Ralph gets voted out, and then they open the mystery package, and they say, we're having a, a challenge at Tribal Council, which was won by Boston Rob and then Steve was sent home right after that so I, I felt it was a really good idea they kind of found a creative way to move along the paganging and then they were able to get to the uh, the next episode when it was only the or the original Omotepe's left okay you never want a surprise package at the tribal council no uh, yeah especially like uh, Jeff Jeff Probst is known for for giving out the, the, the little packages of challenges <laughs> he did it this season as well oh yes Everybody, open your little package. Hey, Ralph, you're getting voted out too. All right, uh, yeah. so let's go. Let's go to, uh, and that's it, right? That's it. No more history, right? There, there is more history. There's Get always out. more history. Get and out. This is Survivor One World, May second, two thousand twelve. And this is the downfall of Kat Ederson, this this whole episode. Um, she won the reward challenge. It was actually the family visit. She has, first of all, that really weird uh, relationship with her cousin. Um, so there's that scene. And then there's the uh, she wins the challenge. And she decides instead of picking the people who like Christina or, or Tarzan, people who are on the outs. And that's another, I think, kind of uh, something you should probably do if you win a reward challenge. You don't pick your two biggest allies. You pick the people that are kind of on the edge who might want to try to blindside you. So she picks Kim and Alicia. And OK, so she picks them and then she explains to the rest of the tribe, OK, I, I just picked them because we're friends and I really want to hang out with them. So. Obviously, that alienates the rest of the tribe. It alienates Sabrina, who thought that she was friends with Kat, but apparently she just wanted to drink with Kim and Alicia. So then uh, Sabrina goes to uh, Kim and Chelsea Meisner and is like, look, what, why don't we blindside Kat? Uh, Kat's, you know, she's she's pretty good at these challenges. Um, she's kind of pissing people off. Why don't we do this? Who's this? Alicia said that? No, this was uh, Sabrina, actually. Sabrina Sabrina came to Kim with the plan. And so now we're at Tribal Council. And as the audience, you know, it's either Kat or Sabrina going home. And you know, one of them is getting blindsided. And it's up to it's really up to Kim uh, as to which move uh, she makes. So during this Tribal Council, Kat is talking about blindsides. And she said it's going to be pretty funny and exciting. Uh, And she's obviously saying this thinking it's going to be Sabrina who's blindsided. And she calls blindsides cool beans and then proceeds to get blindsided herself. And then she cries. She there were some tears. Yeah, there were definitely some tears. Uh, She was she was shocked. Like you see her face. She really thought that Sabrina was going home. Ideally, when you're picking people to go on the reward challenge for you, that your choices on the on the totem pole of the pecking order, your choices uh, should not all be top heavy. You should you want to go for uh, take some bottom heavy people. Yes, exactly. Okay, good. If you really want to flip the game around. You stay uh, away from the top heavy people. Th- this was post merge though, so th- this was at a time when she was dateable, which is actually how she met uh, Aiden Moss. Yeah, and that that was cool beans. Yes, it was. Okay, all right, and then is that it? There is one more one more moment, and Get this is out of uh, town. 
Survivor Caramoan, May 1st, 2013. And the reason I, I bring up this one, you, we had, uh, well, first of all, Reynolds gets voted out. This was another episode where they kind of wanted to move things along. So they had two tribal councils. It wasn't New it dad, wasn't, Renald. Oh, is, oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, congratulations, Reynold. Congratulations, Renald. Yes. Um, so this is, uh, they're trying to move things around, uh, move things along. Uh, Reynolds gets voted out at the beginning of the episode. He is the second uh, bro to get voted out. Eddie's, Eddie's still in the game. Uh, and then at the second tribal council, Andrea gets blindsided with an idol that she had actually found that episode. Um, she was, uh, she, there was a plan to actually split the votes between her and Eddie and I believe that Cochran was the one who came up with this plan because he didn't think that uh, that Andrea wanted to take him to the end so Andrea I believe thinks the votes are being split be- between Brenda and Eddie uh, who were still going steady but um, Andrea is the one who gets voted out yes Miss Survivor very sad to get blindsided but it all yeah. would, would work out for her because she would be- go on to become Miss Survivor in less than oh, one yeah. calendar year Yes, it was def- definitely worth it, and uh, she's a she's a deserving the survivor who just happens to get to get blindsided a lot. But I'm a big Andrea fan. Yeah, and yeah, uh, Ronald became a dad on April 26th this week in in Survivor history, oh, wow. uh, and uh, he has a baby girl, and her name is uh, Lachlan Elise. Auckland Elise. Okay, you know what? Next uh, next year when I'm writing these, I'll have to put that in. Maybe I'll do a separate uh, This Week in Survivor uh, births. Well, no, well, I do think that you should do as part of this the Survivor birthdays of the week. That's a, that's actually a very good idea. Yeah, I would I like think, that. Uh, you know what? Maybe, uh, maybe this week I'll start that. Okay. I, I want to know all the Survivor birthdays and we'll have a special uh, <laughs> happy birthday. Like, <laughs> on, like, on, like when they used to do on like Entertainment Tonight. Uh, mm. Oh, so like, oh, Coach this week is turning 47. Like, oh boy. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, hope, I hope Coach isn't listening to this. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't think Coach is Coach 47. What do you think? Over under is Coach 47. Under, I'd say right? under. Yeah. I'd say under. Uh, is Coach 43? I'd say over. Okay. I say he's forty four. He's, he's right around right around there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that'd be that'd be pretty good. Mm. I I would like that. And uh, if we could also get anniversaries and uh, official divorce dates. Those would all all good things to have on this week in Survivor History. Okay. Uh, that uh, I don't know about the the second two, but the birthdays I'm sure I could find. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, but I want to know also not just the birthday. I want to know the the age people are turning. The age, the birth. What if I put a poll? What if I put a poll on the website? You had to guess the correct age. Uh, uh well, let's do that during the podcast. Let's do that. Okay, uh, and uh, I'll guess the over under. You have to tweet tweet the right answer. It'll be like a Price is Right game. <laughs> like, okay, like, uh, all right, this this survivor had a birthday on Tuesday. Uh, is this survivor older or younger than you know thirty eight? Like, ooh, <laughs> bump bump. Uh, okay, so and that'll be fun. Yes, Jordan. That sounds is, like a lot of fun. Yes, you've you've turned this into the longest exit interview of all time. Yes, I'm. Uh, I'm happy to have uh, have added to it. Yeah, well, g- really great job. I know people really love this segment, so uh, thanks so much for the outstanding work. And we'll talk to you again soon. Yep, you're welcome. Talk to you. Uh, soon. If you want to follow Jordan Kalish on Twitter, what is your Twitter handle, Jordan? At Jordan Kalish. That's it. Yep. Okay. All right. So, uh, Jordan, th- thanks so much. Now, 
It's it's Kalish. I feel like I was saying Kalish, and I was you, I was doing it you've right. You've been saying you've been saying Kalish for the past four years or however long I've been commenting on RHAP, and I actually did correct you once, and you and you, you still say it wrong. But that's all. You know what? <laughs> See, I, think I thought point, my my natural instinct has been to say uh, Kalish, and I feel like I constantly I consciously say Kalish because I thought that, that I was saying it right. No, we, we had this conversation before when we were doing the Celebrity Apprentice podcast where it's actually pronounced Kalish. But I think at this point, Jordan Kalish has kind of become my my RHAP uh, alias almost. It's okay. a very bad alias, but it's uh, I you could um, if you want to say Kalish, say Kalish. If you want to keep saying Kalish, you could go with Kalish. But it's, right. it's definitely pronounced Kalish. Well, Jordan, you were Kalicious here once again. Yes, thank you. OK, should I leave in this part? Yeah, you can leave it this far. I'll leave it in. All right. Jordan, thanks so much, buddy. Yeah, no problem. Talk to you soon. Take care. Bye. Yep. All right, everybody. There you have it. That was Jordan Kalish here on Rob as a podcast talking about this week in Survivor history. All right. Let me run because I got to get ready for this big Tyson cast coming up today. Hope you guys are looking forward to it, too. I think it's going to be a very, very fun show. So great job by Jeffra. Great job by Jordan Kalish and I will talk to you guys again soon have a great Thursday everybody take care and let me know what you think as usual in the comments on robhasawebsite.com bye